Welcome to the Nerd Alternatives Nerd Corner, a sweet melting pot of all things nerdy. These are the episodes where we discuss the latest news from the geekdom, as well as highlights or disappointments in the daily life of two nerds. I'm Bram, a self-confessed film buff, fast reader, and amateur hashtag gamer girl. And I'm Levi, with a new addiction to comics and a very old addiction to video games. Let's get into it. Hello everyone, we are here with a new episode of The Nerd Corner. This week we'll be discussing some old news and some kind of new news. There's been a lot of developments within certain film franchise universes. There's There's been trailers, there's been controversy. So yeah, we're just going to explore some of the news that's come out recently. I guess the first thing is all the stuff that's been happening with the DCEU, or should I say DCU actually because James Gunn has decided to rebrand it. He is now the new architecture of the DCU. And since January, he's kind of been giving updates about the future of of the DC universe, um, including like the structure, the kind of upcoming timeline. And we've also had some trailer reveals. So I guess we can just go through Trailer reveals? Well, okay, one trailer reveal. (laughs) The Flash. I mean, okay. Yeah, that was a trailer, like a full trailer. Okay. You know? I'm quite interested by the timeline. Like, this has all been kind of in the back of my head because I don't care <laughs> about the DCU that much. I barely care about the MCU at the moment. But I guess it's just interesting to see them discussing it and then actually seeing how it's going to play out in real time. So James Gunn announced that chapter one of the DCU will be called Gods and Monsters and will consist of five movies, five television series, which interconnect between 2025 and 2027. And the writer's room looks quite promising. Um, they, they've got writers that worked on Birds of Prey, Moon Knight, Cloverfield, HBO's Watchmen, and also comic writer Tom King. And these new movies feature a new Batman, who has a son, Damien Wayne, a new Superman movie, a Wonder Woman prequel, as well as another go at Green Lantern, which... Isn't the Green Lantern I'm, supposed I'm sure to be a TV show? I'm not sure. I think it is. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. That's what's weird about the, like this timeline it's like it's kind of news but it's also like not completely clear so i don't know do any of these movies excite you no no honestly they piqued my interest i was going to say as much as i hate to say i think i mentioned in the last episode that i'm the flash did look quite good the trailer but i don't feel like that i don't see that as part of Gun's vision. Mm. Obviously, narratively, it might get seems to be kickstarting off this whole new universe. But uh, I, I don't know, man. When I listened to his announcement, there wasn't really much of anything, really. I guess because people were anticipating him coming out and like kind of laying the groundwork for what the DC was going to be, there was hype surrounding the event. But what we got were kind of like animated, not mm. even animated, like drawn stills. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited for Batman, but it's the way I'm always curious for a Batman film, especially when it's a new Batman film, just to see what direction we're going in. But honestly, man, the Marvel fatigue is real right now, and it really sounded like James Gunn was just saying he's going to make the DC more like Marvel. And I was just like, okay. Yeah, basically. I think that's why I'm kind of like, ah, I'm a little bit intrigued, but I don't really care that much. I guess it's cool to have like Damian Wayne 
be a part of the Batman series because I feel like we've not really had a live action Batman film where he has a child, have we? We No. Yeah, so I guess that's like a new, a new ish take on the character. Not in the comics, obviously, because he's been dealing with that, but in live action to see him kind of deal with having a son um, and all that kind of stuff. They also talked about Superman Legacy. Um, So this comes after um, it was announced that Cavill will no longer be returning as Clark Kent, with the report saying that the new film will focus on a younger Superman, which again, I feel like James Gunn is kind of going for bits that we haven't already seen in live action films, especially with um, even the Wonder Woman prequel is kind of based more on her life in Themis. Themyscira. Themyscira. I mean, that's how you kind of have to say it. Which will be interesting because we have never really had a proper like look at Wonder Woman's like upbringing again in live action. And I guess with Wonder Woman, there's not been that many Wonder Woman movies, so it's not as fatiguing as Batman. Whereas I feel like for Batman, they definitely had to go in a new direction because there's been so many Batman films in quick succession, basically. Yeah. And yeah, Waller will also continue um, in a HBO spinoff of the Peacemaker series with, with Viola Davis. I haven't watched Peacemaker. I probably won't watch this show either. There'll also be a Creature Commandos animated series based on some of the characters related to the Suicide Squad. So one of them will be like Rick Flagg's father and then also that weasel creepy monster thing. Yeah. That I might check out because I always have time to watch something animated. But yeah, I guess is, is it the same? Is it the same? This is what's confusing me, and I know there probably is. An is it the same? I looked, yeah, yeah. But is it is it all the same universe? Because you know, I feel like he was talking a lot about cohesion, and across all of the mediums, even the video games, and it is a bit. Uh, maybe I probably could look, find out the answer if I do some research, but like in regards to existing things, how mm. do they fit in? It seemed to me like a lot of what he said was depending on how well they perform, we might integrate them, but you know, like Shazam and mm. um, Blue Beetle and is Aquaman going to be the new Aquaman in this new DCU? Yeah, it's not completely clear. I guess the only thing that he's made clear is like the DC Elsewhere films, which will be the Batman part two, which is going to come out in October 2025, the Joker sequel, and then there's going to be a Black Superman by Ta-Nehisi Coates. But outside of that, it feels like Flash is going to apparently answer these questions, but I don't actually know how, so... I guess they'll just... I guess when you talk about... It's basically they'll do some... I guess it's like, what they'll have their main continuity and then they'll have the other ones. That's yeah. It's going to be like that, isn't it, yeah. really? Which I just realised Marvel doesn't do at all, do they? Nope. Well, what if... Is the closest you get, yeah. and what if feels very much like it's based like off of the main MCU? Mm. And then I guess the last thing to talk about is the Flash trailer, which we kind of mentioned um, previously. It was released. It looks good. Uh, it came out during the Super Bowl, um, and Gunn is already declaring that it's one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. I don't know if he's saying that as like CEO of the of the DCU or if he genuinely thinks that. I don't know. It does look pretty good so far, but I feel like nowadays because of the way that trailers are, they're just kind of like hype machines. I can never really. I'm just like, oh, I guess I'll see you when I see the movie. I mean, Flashpoint is a is a very good comic arc and obviously this film does seem to be drawing off of it quite a lot so you know i think that's another reason i'm kind of excited knowing what they could do with it and and things like that Mm. but yeah yeah i guess there's still quite like controversy around ezra miller and 
everything happening with them. Gunn did say, I think he's got a pretty strong stance on like, he's not changing movies because of social outrage all the time. Um, With recently... Oh, Zachary Le- Le- yes, Le- Levi. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, He said something about vaccinations recently and um, James Gunn came out and just said, guys, I'm not going to keep changing my plans just because anytime an actor says something that people don't agree with, which is interesting because I feel like that's kind of the opposite Wait, to Disney's what, what approach. Is this, what is he talking about in regards to Ezra Miller? Well, in, in regards to Ezra Miller, he said, Ezra is com- completely okay. committed to their recovery. We're fully supportive of that journey that they're on right now. When the time is right, when they're ready to have that discussion, we will figure out figure out what's the best path moving forward. Based on him saying that and also him talking about um, Zachary Levi's whole controversy, I just feel like he's not going to budge in the same way that Disney has sometimes like retracted based on whatever mm-hmm. controversies. So I think that's a different approach. Um, my thing is, he's a whole criminal though, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I think actually, it's, I think it's been confirmed that he's out now anyway. I'm not sure that, that they're hiring a new Flash. Because I've been seeing rumours that they might bring the guy from the TV show somehow into it. I know that show's ending this year or next year. Mm. It's the last season, I think. But yeah, it seems that he's he's out after this film now. So good riddance, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, people are still going to go see the film. So, um, but as long as they get the help that they need and all that kind of stuff. And also, you know, are arrested for their crimes instead of just out here wondering. Moving on. The Fast trailer was released. The Fast 10 trailer. The Fast 10 trailer. After they released the teaser trailer. Yeah, they released a trailer for a trailer. That is how, that is how like, up there this film is going to be. The upper echelons of cinema. I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm just surprised that it's gone so far. But I think what's getting to me, personally... And I'm not that against, like, a bad movie. But what's annoying me about this is how egregious the, like random just recontextualizing everything is like with this latest trailer jason momoa is the new bad guy and they literally have like in the trailer him you know when they pull out the safe in fast five like him standing there in the empty spot where the space was and it's like we know that that didn't happen you just like you were like "Mm, what movie can we revisit and put somebody that we did wrong in there and i feel like the last few movies have felt like that and yeah i mean five was the last movie that i genuinely enjoyed Everything else I have watched because this podcast made me. Oh, no, apart from seven, six? I don't know. Six but... is six is the one that has that guy in it. I forget his name now. J- Jason Staten's brother. The actor's name. I want to say it's Luke, but I'm making that. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Seven was the one with Staten. I'm pretty, pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I think Seven's the last one that I watched. And I kind of just watched that because there was nothing else to watch in the cinema. Uh, I am glad that there's like an end in sight that this will be like the penultimate movie but it's still still one too many movies it's six the one when he was evil no when when letty was evil yeah also it's just like i don't know how many more car stunts we can uh, luke evans sorry oh yeah Luke Evans. (laughs) his name was luke oh yeah that's the same is the same film yeah Yeah, sorry but yeah i don't know it's a lot and i was just saying to you earlier as well that i just feel like it's become like a metaverse of some sort because every actor in the world is in it. But like sometimes the most random actors, like I feel like Vin Diesel, The Rock, like Jason Momoa, John Cena, you're kind of like, yeah, you know, blockbuster type dudes or whatever, action movie guys. And then Helen Mirren. 
which yeah. is random. And then Brie Larson, which is random. Like at this point, I feel like you could throw anyone, like Angela Bassett can show up in the movies and I'm like, okay, I guess. Sure. I mean, I feel like that should be the challenge. Let's get the most like talented Oscar-like worthy think... actors and stick them in fast. That's what I want to see. I want to see Joaquin Phoenix. I want to see, yeah. I want to see Jonathan Majors in there. I mean, I Jonathan Majors everyone. could... He straddles the line, so I feel like he could be in that. I mean, and it wouldn't be too weird. Do we count Idris being in Hobbs and Shaw? I'm gonna count Idris. Yeah, no, we do. Yeah, yeah. we need all of these people. Bring everyone in, man. Um, I'm I want to see our pats in there. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I want them all. Um, but yeah, look, look out for the fast trailer. When is it coming out? I can't even remember. Do you know what it is, though? I think it has fast has this thing where it broke that ice cold neckbeard in me that kind of couldn't enjoy mindless entertainment it's our 19th of may by the way oh good um, it's my birthday month and i feel like i just feel like uh, you know it just allowed me to enjoy things again so I, it just has this weird spot in, in my heart mm-hmm. so i will somehow stand fast and only fast most of these other blockbusters i hate transformers i still hate that i mean i don't even remember the last transformers movie that i watched so. the last one i watched had shia labeouf so and maybe megan fox couldn't tell you. I know I've watched at least one. But I don't know how many the they are there are. I mean, are they all the same film? Yeah, probably. Bumblebee. That's it. I think. Like they that's get fine. sent away and then then that's it. They come back. But yeah. yeah anyway, has nothing on family. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the Baftas, which happened uh, last week. It was a 76th BAFTA award, and though we're not really surprised, it's still quite disappointing to see that every single winner was white. of the acting shortlist was made up of people of colour, but not one of them won won an award. Which, again, it's like a shame that is kind of shocking, but I think after, like, the whole BAFTA so white, like, Oscars so white and stuff, they really implemented, implemented changes and stuff. And the fact that nothing's really gone through just really shows that, A, they're not making enough effort, and B, everything sucks. Yeah, and it's not like, you know... I feel like all of the nominations could have all easily won. So I'm just like, why is it there's such a bias? When you look at the pictures of like all the winners, there's one black person in there and it's Alison Hammond and she was hosting. So that's why she was in the picture. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's pretty shocking. And I think it just reminded me, I went to like a Spike Lee masterclass recently and he was just kind of talking about the fact that he's been in this industry for like 40 years and the fact that he's gotten a lot, well, this part, he didn't say this, but this is my opinion of, like, him winning. Don't put words in his mouth. Yeah, now. sorry. Sorry, Spike. <laughs> but the fact that he's, like, you know, won awards for, like, Black Klansmen at Cannes, that's not his best film. But it's clear that he's been so overdue this award that they just, they're like, ah, well, we don't know when he's going to make another movie, so might as well give it to him. And I think that's the, like, issue with a lot of Black talent, which is why I think award shows just are less and less relevant these days because what about the BET awards sorry that's the only black thing I could think of well I have thoughts and opinions of BET but I guess I can't knock the fact that they are at least you know providing a space for the NAACP maybe thank you um awards as well but I mean I don't care anymore and I think I've been caring less and less but I still think it's just like a shame to the industry that like they just are celebrating the same people over and over again. Yeah. I mean, you know me, every time we have, every time we speak about rewards, oh, rewards, awards, rewards, uh, on this show, I, I barely even remember the difference between the, the 
not the Grammys, the BAFTAs. What's the, the other Oscars, one? The Oscars, the Golden, the, the Golden Globes. Is that for TV? I barely, I barely register these. Is the do the BAFTAs historically like not give people of color like awards? whether it's black or just any minority. Um, kind of, I feel like the trend that I always used to notice with the BAFTA is like they have the EU Rising Star Award and that is like a, an award that people vote for mm-hmm. and that always tends to be like a black person usually wins that. This year, Emma Mackey won, which like fair enough, like Emma Mackey is great. Like all of the nominees are always great, but it was quite weird that this year I'm like, oh, not even that one. <laughs> but because the BAFTA is based on like British films, I feel like they should make even more of an effort to kind of just be a bit more aware of like what's happening in the film industry here because even the international film that won this year was about world war like the world war so yeah foreign foreign enough i mean (laughs) baftas is british right so anything that's not british is Is it yeah i know but it was still quite like that was still pretty wild yeah and the fact like michelle yo was like nominated angela bassett viola so it's like there wasn't a lot like I said, there's like 40% of the acting shortlist and none of, them, none of them won anything. Um, That is pretty mad to me. Is the, are the Oscars the American version of the Brit, the BAFTAs? Can't, can't, yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming they get... Uh, the Oscars haven't happened yet though, so... Oh. So what happened recently? Oh, the Golden Globes. Yeah, so it usually goes the Golden Globes and the BAFTAs and then the Oscars and they usually say that the Golden Globes winners are a precursor to who they think will win the Oscars but also like sometimes I just I mean I haven't watched Elvis so I'm not gonna make an ignorant um opinion there but like you know biopics always win no matter how good or bad the performance was it's like little things like that so it's not I'm not just saying like oh all none of the white winners deserve to win or anything like that but it's like clear that there's like a voting criteria that even though they've changed the amount of like BAFTA winners and stuff, that's still an issue. Like, how can a how can a biopic mean that you're probably more of a ch- in with more of a chance of winning, even if no one cares? Like, that's just like, yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. Um, or a film about the World War always gets a lot of accolades. It's that kind of stuff that just shows how systemic systemic it is, even beyond like when you when we say like it's racist. I think. There's a lot more factors that go into that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, disappointed, not surprised. I think this is the reason why more and more A, award shows are trying to make themselves a bit more relevant by introducing more mainstream stuff because they are re- losing relevancy, but at the same time, you're not helping it by like having like the same types of films and the same types of people winning over and over again. So mm, I don't see them... I mean, yes, that, I mean, we'll see in it. <laughs> that yeah. said, if I am nominated for anything, I don't care. I will be taking my like, I will be winning, and I will be like, yay! I might just say something controversial on the stage. Nominate me, thanks for something. Yeah, I was gonna say for what? I don't know. I'm just, you know, putting this disclaimer out in case I write a, okay. a great film in five years. And the last piece of news: State of Play happened recently. And it was bad, in my personal opinion. I guess I'll take over. Um, I'm going to run through this real quickly, and then we can talk about what little highlights there are. For me, there wasn't much. Maybe there was a couple games that took your eye, but I'm going to just go through what they um, revealed quickly. So they had a, a PSVR, a little mini showcase, where they announced five games coming out. I feel like at this stage, people still aren't, buying 
I think the PSVR 2 came out recently, mm. like literally a, a few weeks ago. And mm. it was, I think they said like 400, 500 pound mm. in the UK. I could be wrong. I'm going to look back in a minute. But so I don't think it's really part of people's entertainment like systems yet. Mm. But, you know, they're, they're, it's out now and they've announced, they announced five games that are coming out this year. Uh, there was a, there was a game called Foglands, which was like a horror first person shooter. It looked like it was on the rails, to be honest. There was a survival game called Green Hell. There was a fast-paced shooter that had like this sort of telekinesis ability mm. uh, called Synapse. Uh, then there was a stealth game called There was a stealth game called There was a stealth game. There was a stealth game, and there was <laughs> there was a game called Before Your Eyes. So there was a bit. I mean, it was annoying because this 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 state of play was front-loaded with VR stuff and then back-loaded with bloody Suicide Squad stuff which we'll get on to but yeah there was psvr games there was a game called humanity uh this was from the devs behind a tetris effect which was another indie game uh they it was there wasn't too much to kind of gauge what the game actually is about but it seems like it's sort of like lemmings inspired where there's all these humans and you mm. you're like some dog spirit thing and you're guiding them around probably to like a, oh, an yeah, objective one, yeah. uh and there was also some ba- like level building mechanics it seems like you can build levels there's going to be like all sorts of crazy things that people are um sharing online essentially i, I always love that about games and like games like super mario maker uh so yeah that looked um pretty cool there was Wayfinder. There was a new gameplay trailer. This is an action online RPG, which is kind of character-based. So I guess it's sort of like a Overwatch in regards to you can pick characters that have different play styles, but you play online with people. There's that online aspect of like doing dungeons, getting loot and things like that. It's It seemed it seemed all right, but oh, it's sound all old and things. But at this age, it looked like something that, you know, I'm probably never going to get into the, it seems like it's going to be like a live service type game. That's going to be updated and continue supported. And those games is just, you know, I, I can't deal with it, but it does look okay. And this game is being developed by Airship Syndicate and it's published by Digital Extremes, which is the their publisher that I believe they developed and published Warframe. Next, we had Destiny 2 Lightfall expansion. This is a new expansion with some new subclasses and things like that. Honestly, when it comes to Destiny 2 news, the most I can really say is the people that play Destiny are excited for mm-hmm. new Destiny mm-hmm. stuff. I think I've given up trying to get into Destiny now. I, I feel like I've come too far back and playing catch-up in that game. By the time I usually get up to like the, the standard of gameplay that the current players are playing, there's usually a new expansion or a new thing mm-hmm. pass or whatever, and I'm like, ugh, and I can't be able to keep up it. We had Goodbye Volcano High. We had a trailer with a release date and some, I guess, gameplay. It was a narrative-based game. So there were some some of the conversation choices, some of the quick time events, the mm, music yeah. sections or whatever. That looked pretty cool. I don't think I'll play it. I feel like that's the type of game you play. If I have time. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I felt like it was... It, did look, it looks like my vibe for sure, but... The sim half of Persona 5, mm. maybe. But yeah. That that was that was announced. There was a trailer for that, and it is coming out June fifteenth of this year, hopefully. I will be playing Zelda soon. Yeah, 
Uh, there was a Boulder's Gate free release date trailer. Now, I'm pretty sure this game is out already on Steam, but maybe this is the console release. This There was quite a long trailer for this, and it is an, it is re- the release date is set for August the 31st. Uh, the trailer just showed off some of the gameplay, some of the classes and the multiplayer aspects. I've never played Boulder's Gate. I think it's based on Dungeons & Dragons or, or, or something of that effect. I might check it out. I feel like I'm getting more and more weeby as I get older, which is kind of weird. <laughs> Maybe it's not weird. Who knows? We had a Chia trailer, uh, which was announced to be releasing free if you have PlayStation Plus Premium or Extra. Mm. Um, it is a Wind Waker-inspired exploration game, and it looks very beautiful, I must yeah. say. To me personally, it was Chia and uh, Goodbye Volcano Hide that I felt like you would personally... I mean, yeah, those were my vibe games. Also, I just like with Chia, like... It's always cool when you get cultures that aren't really like explored that much on like Western TV. So it was like nice to have like the Polynesian like influence and stuff. It was giving me Moana vibes slightly, as well as Wind Waker. And it reminded me of a lot of other games that are on my list that I haven't played yet. So Yeah. Um this is from I hope I don't butcher it. Is it Awaseb? Awakeb Studios? And it is out in March twenty first again for if you've got PS plus you get it for free. I guess like stray, which is good. We like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a there was a Naruto X Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections game reveal. I believe this is a collection of every Ultimate Ninja Storm game plus some new content. I, I it's so weird because I, I loved Storm Two so much, and now look at it now, and I'm just like I feel nothing. I never, I don't, I never want to play a, a Storm game ever again. Mm. Maybe it's because I've experienced the Naruto story to death, and the fighting, the fighting side of it, the PvP slash that that kind of side of it. I'm not really, it's whatever to me. But yeah, that that they announced that. So you Naruto Storm fans, you've got all you can get all your Storm content in one place, I suppose. Convenient. Um, there, yeah, there was a Street Fighter 6 trailer which had three new characters revealed. Um, these are the last characters that are being revealed before the game comes out. These characters being Zangief and Kami, which are returning characters, and a new character called Lily, who is from the T Hawks tribe. She looks really good. Um, this rounds out the roster at 18 characters at the time of launch. Obviously, there's probably going to be more. I think of everything that they showed here, I was most excited for this. And the next thing I'm about to talk about, which is Resident Evil 4. It was just a new trailer. I think they showed a bit of the Krauser fight, if I remember correctly. Uh, And they also showed us the Return of Mercenaries mode. So, yeah, it looks good. I mean, I feel like with these remakes for Resident Evil games, I I think we're just like on board now when they're coming out. Mm -hmm. Two was good. Three was okay. And four looks really good. So, yeah. And lastly, and I would probably say definitely least, uh, we had an extended gameplay look at Suicide Squad, and it looked horrible. It's a shooter game. It's a third-person shooter. It's like a loot shooter type thing. It seems like it's going to essentially be a live service game with like loot and like there's the battle pass that they said is only going to be cosmetic. But it, it it didn't it didn't look good, man. Like that, it looked really bad. It looked worse than when they done the Gotham Knights reveal. And I know some people say Gotham Knights is okay, but boy, I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked at people's 
reaction to it though. So I could be alone here, but I'm, I don't think I am because I was watching that and I was like, wow, this is bad. Mm-hmm. This is really bad. Like killer shark running around, sliding mm-hmm. on the floor with like an AK in his hand. It was weird, man. Mm-hmm. It was weird. And especially seen as it's from Rocksteady themselves, which is they are they are Rocksteady are the devs that made the Arkham games. Obviously, after Arkham City, um, I can't, I don't know who made Gotham Knights. I can't remember that off the top of my head, but that's like one sort of sequel to Arkham City, mm-hmm. Arkham Knight, whatever the last one was. And then this is like the other sequel, but this is from Rocksteady themselves. And to me, this looks worse than Gotham Knights. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they both were announced. I thought Gotham Knights looked worse, but this looks really bad. It's not good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for uh, that was it. Uh, unless I missed anything, but my my takeaway was that this was not a good state of play, and also the fact that 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 was where they ended it. It was it was not you know it was it was not good. I, I guess they ended it for like well I don't know just. The, the thing that they have the most information about or the thing that they expect people will be most hyped about. It um, was. That doesn't mean that it was good, but in name. So of a 43-minute presentation, it was roughly the last 15 minutes with all of those other games on there. Damn. And and I think VR... God, I can't... The VR was maybe the first 10. So like the first... Yeah, like the first 10 or so. So you can see like when you get in, when you you know people it's always good to look at you know the not the big blockbuster triple a games but it did just feel a bit light for a for a state of play mm-hmm. i think especially when the nintendo one was quite good as well but i'm at a stage in my life now where i'm just ready to receive games and things when they when they come yeah same i mean i think i've always been in that stage i think i've realized like when you just don't have a lot of time and when you when you need to end up being like selective, like I just don't really care for when games are coming out. I just care for like what looks good that I'm going to add on my list and I will get to it when I get to it. So I feel like, especially now that we're just like in a world where like people are telling me about movies that are coming out in five years time. I'm like, I just tell me six months before a week before and I'll receive it. So I think that I'm just starting to get tired of content that is like, supposed to hype you up unless it's like things that i'm really invested in like for example like paralives or like specific games where it's like i'm following the development but i'd rather kind of do that on my own i don't need a presentation necessarily yeah i guess that's that's the structure yeah no i was gonna say it did feel like it, i was gonna say i get that feeling going back to the james gunn announcement i think i would have been a lot more satisfied if he had just said look i have a plan in it yeah. i have a plan let me cook i'm gonna do my thing and you're gonna get your things when when it's ready. Mm-hmm. I think when you're like, we're gonna get, we're gonna give you this, and we're gonna give you, and and my thing is, yeah, sorry to bring it back to the DC thing, the TV shows, I feel like what what kind of made Marvel so divisive, the MCU trying to split all the medium and making everyone feel like they have to watch everything, mm-hmm. and I just don't feel like they're they're doing that out the gate. I feel like they're it it still feels derivative of Marvel the same way the rust the rushed Justice League did, but. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just just wouldn't it be nice when you let the things come out and then like five years later, it's like James Gunn always had a plan. Yeah. Those kind of articles I think you know. also it's just like when you think about what makes and maybe this is what makes film buffs film buffs snob snobby sometimes is like, you know, when you think about the intrigue of like knowing that a movie is coming out, but you don't know anything about it. Like you just know this is the name and everything gets released to you. But like closer to the time, I feel like that's the right way to do hype. There's no point in me speculating about a film that's coming out in five years' time, especially when it's like 
the way that the industry now is across video games and also like just films it's like covid has like impacted a lot of stuff like there's a lot of changes always happening things get stuck in production hell and it's like why am i along for this part of the journey as the customer i would just like the end product i like and if i want to take it on myself to go and research all of the extra bits then i will and that's not to take away from these present presentations but i think it is adding to the fatigue or like just personally to me like being really anxious or just overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that's out there or coming or on the way like it just feels like i can't turn off but that's me personally no i i I agree one thing i do like though is when you feel like loads of things are coming out in a year though i think it's time being an issue me thinking about a film or a game or a tv show coming out in two years to when is did they say the superman films 25 yeah like that's 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 way that's just too far away i'm gonna forget about it i i think marketing wise i like when i like events when they're showing things for the next year or Mm. two years Mm -hmm. i feel like there was a cycle and i could be wrong like let's say like 20 years ago 15 years ago like with e3 and that i just felt like the announcements were very much closer to to release dates whereas now you get you get title cards you get working title you get this is in development when is that blade film coming out what is that like where is that film but you know things like that so i like them when i like i I like the anxiety of everything's coming out soon Mm. but i don't like the anxiety of by the time i am going to receive this story i'm going to be old it's scary (laughs) to think and i already feel marvel fatigue but Kang, this Kang series could be the last Marvel story I'm part of. Don't say that. I'm, I'm just saying. I don't, I don't know when. I don't know when Kang Dynasty ends. But like, like who knows? I'll be a different man. They say your your body cells regenerate every seven years or something. I'll be a whole different person. Yeah, literally. That is true. I think it's just as weird because it just reminds me of like I was watching a um, documentary about Netflix the other day and like how they share stuff with the. Um, with our like workers and stuff. And this is what it feels like. I feel like I'm part of a corporation when they like show me a timeline because realistically that's usually like insider information. And I guess at the beginning it was quite fun to be a Mm. part of that. But now it's like people just have so like, I think people are more picky about their time and stuff. And maybe that's why they're taking this approach of like, oh, we really want you to invest into whatever this is. But it's like, yeah, I barely know what I'm doing tomorrow let alone yeah. if I'm going to come watch this movie in 2025 or if I'm going to play this game that I only know about the title in whenever. But yeah, I think that's it. My state of play, boo. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the, the world of, of geek, of nerd. Um, but what is your world of nerd looking like? I'm finally out of my Persona 4 Golden Chokehold. I've completed the game. My hot take is that I think five, I, I preferred five. I feel like five is better. I feel like five is objectively a superior game. There are diff, there are definitely things better in four than five, but I think overall five builds on four just, yeah, in an amazing way. So I'm out of that hole, playing something like a bit of Dead Space. <laughs> um, I mean, do you know what? For the, for the brain, Dead Space is light compared to Persona, yeah. like, there's there's real anxiety about who you spend time with in that game. But yeah, a bit of that. Playing a bit of Minish Cap, you know, Nintendo released the Game Boy Advance um emulator thing on Nintendo. And enjoying my X-Men. I'm actually gonna gonna go back and start reading an old run. 
at last, I'm going to stop just reading the new stuff. Um, I'm going to go back to the new X-Men. It's a Grant Morrison run. Yeah, sucks. I want to learn a bit more about X-Men. X-Men? Xavier's sister. Mm. Yes. Crazy bold lady. Runs in the family, does it? Yeah. <laughs> that man is a horrible father, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess for me, it's just been Persona 5 Royal. You know, I like I made a games list this year because I was disappointed in the amount of games that I played last year. And I'm quite like slow to play games, but I feel like this year I was like, no, I want to play stuff quicker and I want to get over that hurdle of being like, I need some downtime between each game or like, um, yeah, just certain weird habits I have. So I wrote down all the like timings of like how long it would take me to play certain games. And um, Persona 5 Royal, I don't know why I thought it would take 102 hours. And I'm currently on 101 hours and I still have two palaces to go. Um, I, I told you when you was giving me those numbers, I said, well, you better add 30 on that. Well, so it's looking like more than that, um, which is fine because I'm enjoying the game a lot, but it just is taking up all of my time. So Mob Psycho, I finally finished, which is great. Oh, yeah, I finished um, it now as well. It was yeah, good. Good it, was, it was very good. I feel like one never disappoints with his stories and stuff. So I do still need to read One Punch Man, but I'm currently trying to make my way through all my unread manga. So I'll get to it eventually. I feel like One Punch is just, One Punch has a different level of intrigue, man. It's that burning desire to let everyone see Saitama for his true marvelousness. I think that's my thing. Like, every time when he kills something, you're like, just turn around, just see him. See, like, I just root for him. I just want him to be the... I want him to be acknowledged as the goat that he is. Yeah. Um, And even now, like, every time you think it just should be happening, it just... It, oh, I won't spoil it, but yeah. Um, I think what I just love about both of his works is that, like, you kind of get the same feeling. Like, you have the same attachment to Saitama as you do to Mob, but it's, yeah. like, very different feelings. Like, yeah. I feel like Mob is quite, like, in like internal emotional stuff and like Saitama's like the opposite um well he doesn't really feel anything um but it's so interesting how like they really complement each other but explore like ideas that are like two sides of the same coin like, essentially yeah. I guess. Um, yeah which I haven't really seen that much in creatives yeah we need we need more one punch anime man when is what, how many seasons did it make two or three i feel like there's another season coming i don't know when as long as it's not a movie because i'm tired of all this anime movie stuff um well that's everything that we've been up to this week let us know what you have been watching what you've been playing what you thought of like the state of play um and any of the news that we covered this week we'll see you next time peace Thank you for listening to this episode of The Nerd Alternative. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and a review. You can find more of us on Twitter at The Nerd Alternative without the E after the N, Instagram and TikTok at The Nerd Alternative, as well as our YouTube channel. Peace out until next time.